more time, everybody. One more time. We have a great man of God here tonight, or a man of a great God, Pastor Galen Thompson. He's going to preach the word of the Lord unto us tonight. We you welcome him with a warm, warm welcome Gang is gang to be. And he was a rapper. That whole, the whole thing. Just 
When he came in, the, the pastor of the church at that time said, I, I don't know about this guy. I've seen a lot of people, but I don't, even, I don't know if there's hope for him. <laughs> but he is now the one who's going into North Minneapolis, and he's starting his water work. And the most And the mother church has been the daughter churches. So now, that's two daughter churches going out. And we're sitting there and you're saying, now, as soon as they go autonomous, we're going to lose a whole lot of people. And so you can get nervous about that. But what we decided to do was start a third one. That leaves the nucleus of the home group pretty small. But what it does to the home group is make them understand, you know what, this is just like starting church all over. Because if, if there's going to be a church at home church, then the home church better be home church. Amen. Because the home church gets so comfortable showing up and having everybody else do everything for them that they lost, they lost a little bit of that getting out and getting souls on. And they lost that vision. And what we do is actually starting a little fire in the home church. Amen. So... Man, I'm encouraging you. You don't have to be a big church. We were um, a church of 30, if we were lucky, 25, 35, something like that. And uh, some couple families from 25 miles to the south. This is another church I pastor in southern Minnesota. A couple families from about 45 minutes to the south started coming to church. Even though we were a small church, we turned out for a church in that town. And in one year, that church surpassed the home church. It was one or two years, probably two years' time, it surpassed the home church. You can do it. Amen. Because every town deserves a you know, Pentecost church and Apostolic church. Amen. 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 Praise God. I do want to thank my wife for being with me. She's a tremendous asset to the kingdom. I know pastors' wives are some of the most overlooked people. They are behind the scenes. They sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. I'm very grateful that she is with me. She was not planning on doing anything, but uh, enjoying being here and getting a chance to see New York at Christmas time. Um, but uh, has anybody said that Brother Kuhn sends his regret yet? Has anybody heard that yet? I'm going to give regrets to Brother Kuhn because Brother Kuhn's not here because you were expecting to hear him instead of me tonight. So I send regrets to you. And... Um, my wife came here to do to just enjoy it the whole time, but not because Brother Kuhn is going to be co-facilitating tomorrow. It's all on my shoulders. I, I might have to reel her in on the list here, too. I'm not sure. So, but I do appreciate it. And also, I'd like to say thank you to Brother White. Behind the scenes, this 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 dude does a ton of work. And you really ought to appreciate the hard work that he does. I do. without all the behind work that he's been doing and also we appreciate the White and the team of the North American Mission team here. Pastor Everson, thank you for opening up your church to us. Amen. Thank you for that. And Brother Kutar, it's nice to meet you. And um, maybe we met before. We probably did. Uh, I don't remember you, but um, I'm glad to meet you. And we are going to have a Filipino church in Minneapolis. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That is one of our greatest opportunities of growth is the ethnic groups. And I applaud you at the diversity that you have in this audience here tonight. Amen. This is marvelous. This is wonderful. And I thank God for it. Amen. Commendations to you. At any rate, if you can take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Acts, the first chapter of Acts. If you would mind standing with me for the reading of the word. 
Starting with verse number four. This is a fulfillment of the prophecy of John the Baptist. John the Baptist said that he came to baptize with water, but there was going to come one after him who was mightier than him, who would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus now speaking, that one that John prophesied about, says in the end of his ministry before his ascension, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which Jesus said, you have heard, excuse me, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. The promise that had been prophesied in the Old Testament had been waited for many years. Jesus Christ come on the scene, now but just a few days away, not many days hence. Verse 6, And they therefore were come together and they asked the Lord, Is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And verse 7, He said unto them, It's not for you to know the times and the seasons, or the seasons which the Father put into His own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He promised them, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. If you flip back to the book of Mark and from the last scripture reading, while you're still standing, Mark the 16th chapter. Amen. Starting with verse number 15, the version of the Great Commission coming from the Gospel writer Mark. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. That is the promise of God to those who receive His Spirit. And we know in Acts the second chapter, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place, in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared in them clothed in tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the others. If you have not experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's the most dynamic, powerful thing. It was promised to be a baptism of fire. And I'm here to ask you tonight, if you've not experienced it, don't leave without it. You can have this wonderful experience. And if you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to leave here tonight with a fresh understanding of what you have within your chest when you have the Spirit of God within you. Let us pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your blessing and your kind of glory will God come into this place. Lord God, building our faith tonight in the power that is present in your word, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray that you may be outfired, that you may be glorified. In the name of Jesus, all powers in that name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 6. 
No man can come unto me, Jesus said, except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at that last day. Jesus speaking again later in the same uh, uh, Gospel of John, the 12th chapter, the 32nd verse, He said, If I, and I, if I, be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. As we sang, we heard some. As the sister gave, saying tonight, lifting him up, edifying him. You could feel what was happening in this place as we began to lift Jesus Christ up. I don't know that we fully comprehend and understand what happens when we begin to worship. There's power in worship. And then when we begin to edify Him, something begins to happen. When we begin to dedicate ourselves in prayer, in intercessory prayer, for our cities and our communities, something happens. Amen. They say, and I've read, had the privilege to read the Azusa Street papers, all of them that, read, that, that they've been able to put together that they find. And to hear the stories of what happened in Azusa, when the Holy Ghost was poured out the first beginning of the turn of the, turn of the century, they had what was called the, the, the line that went outside of the building, a, 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 a fall line. And when people would walk by the building, dependent upon the level of prayer and worship that the church has been engaged in, that line would move. Sometimes the line was at the back door of the church. Other times that line would move out into the street. And if someone was walking down the street and happened to walk into that line, they would fall out on the ground not even knowing and understanding what was happening because the power of God was so dynamic in that left building on the Zulu Street that the people walking by would fall on the ground under the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because of the power of prayer, that line would move with what it, with their prayer, with their worship. I don't know that we understand what we have when we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have power within us. Amen. These signs shall. It's not a question. Follow them that we need. Pastor, that's what my name says. That ought to be an everyday occurrence. And that needs to be the part of what happened to us as apostolic people who have that same spirit. When he was on earth, he didn't have a problem. He didn't stop and say, hey, I've got a prayer meeting because I've come up against some spirits. He just walked up. Waking us up to the understanding. 
back up to that promise in Acts chapter four verses or chapter, Acts chapter one verse four and verse eight. He said verse eight, but you shall receive power. Power means is in the Greek is dunamis. What that means is power. But not just power. But supernatural power. There's a lot of people who have power. But he has promised with his spirit supernatural power. Let me help you also along with it. It is miraculous. The supernatural power, might, strength, force, or energy. Now you have to understand that Satan counterfeits everything that's real. Right now, in the midst of the New Age movement that's out there, at least in Minneapolis, which is really, I mean, Minneapolis is strong in that stuff. And it almost sounds like a movie. But they made it serious. My energy's with you. The force is with you. Well, what they're talking about is a human force. Or maybe a demonic force, I'm not sure. But there's something I have that is a force, and it isn't human. And it isn't because my name is what my name is. And I'm not here out of any heritage. My dad was a railroad worker for over 40 years. It's not, it has nothing to do about it. I've got the name of Jesus, just like you got the name of Jesus. I've got the Holy Ghost, just like you got the Holy Ghost. I'm not somebody spectacular, but I can tell you, as I knelt in an author as a child, 15, 14 years of age, and I was reading in the Bible on my own, I was reading in the book of Acts, I was reading all these things that were happening, and I opened up and I began to say, God, where is this in my church? And I was in an apostolic church. Where are the signs, the wonders, the miracles, and the things that were happening? And I'm saying, oh God, I need a witness because I'm growing up. and you just keep working with me and you just keep walking you will see that and God's desire is for that to happen what is going to change this world is not going to be doctrine because they were enough doctrine and that's doctrine doctrine you understand there's no one who is stronger than doctrine in my district than me I'm a doctrine man and I teach and I teach and I teach but it isn't doctrine that's going to change them what's going to change them is something supernatural within God in Christ in me. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have inherent power. You don't, but the Spirit in you does. And it just so happens that it dwells within you and you happen to be a human. 
I don't have one right to stand before you tonight. I'm every bit of a human as the rest of the people in this room. But it doesn't deny the fact that though I'm a human, he chose to get glory out of using broken vessels and humans who would just believe and release what he has given to them and, and allow it to flow from their lives. So you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, testifying of what you've seen, you've heard, and what you've experienced. In Mark's account, it said, These signs, evidences of the inherent power, shall follow, accompany them that believe. That's his word. These signs, signs meaning evidence of an inherent power, shall follow, accompany them that believe. If you're a believer in the house, raise your hand. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. In my name, they. Who's they refer to? The believer. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And like it happened with Paul, reached down to pick up some sticks and throw it into the fire, and a serpent came out and bit him. He shook it off in the name of Jesus Christ. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I appreciate the pastors that are here. But you don't have to call your pastor if you're a believer. And you've got the Holy Ghost. Because there isn't a pastor Holy Ghost and a saint Holy Ghost any more than there is an adult Holy Ghost and a junior Holy Ghost. This young guy can lay his hands on the sick just as much as I can lay my hands upon the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. All that matters is that you've got the Spirit and you understand what you have and you believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So it says, Then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God. He sat in that place of power and authority. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with, that's in and through them, and confirming the word with signs, evidences of an inherent power following them. So Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And he said, no man can come unto me except the Father hath, the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up on that last day. There is a supernatural power. We call it, when we talk about this dunamis, we think of dynamite. And when we think of dynamite, we think of a tremendous explosive power that just sends everything everywhere. But I want us to see that power in another sense. He said, nobody can come unless I draw. No one can come unto me except to draw. And he said, and if I, I, and if I be lifted up, that crucifixion, 
And for us today, worshiping and praising Him in our praise, I will draw. And what that drawing power is, is the same dunamis. But instead of a power exploding out, it's a power that miraculously and supernaturally pulls in. When we are here today and you can get yourself into a good red hot service, it isn't long and faith begins to rise because God starts pulling on people's hearts, pulling on people's lives in a supernatural way. And as He begins to draw upon people's lives, something begins to happen. And that, and that word draw, and, and I really thought that my Bible app would work on the airplane. I can read my Bible, but I can't do a whole lot of stuff with it. I wanted to find out what draw meant. And I had to wait till I got to, to the ground to find out what draw meant. And looked it up to, to find out what it was in the Greek and all that kind of stuff. And I discovered, I discovered that what it means, draw means to attract, to pull with force. And it was used, the same Greek word was used to describe magnetic force. Now Jesus Christ is no longer here in person, but he has put his spirit individually in every one of us. And we have something that I would like to refer to as the Holy Ghost advantage. We have something within us that the world doesn't have. But we haven't woke up to the understand the fact that we have the advantage, sister. No matter where you walk, you have the advantage. You are the one who is in the, the, the top position because you've got something they don't have. Amen. Now, let's see here. You want to come up here? All right. I've got a couple magnets here. Would you like to turn around? Why don't you step up here a little bit higher so everybody can see it? Right on my foot. How am I supposed to move? Put that one in that hand. Hold it like this. There you go. Put this one in that hand. Hold it like that. Now begin to move them together. But don't let... You were too fast. Move them together, but don't let them touch. Get real close. Don't let them touch. Come on, closer. Pull them apart. Oh, there you go. Come on, put them together and don't let them touch, I said. Oh. What's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> now hold them like this. There you go. And hold the other one like that. Now put them together and don't let them touch. Oh, come on. <laughs> now turn them around. Put them together. What's wrong? Well, there you go. Very good. There you go. Now I want you to take... Oh, I can't get them apart either. That one, that way. This one, that way. Now put them together. <laughs> Why are you wiggling? <laughs> What you have is you have either two positives or two negatives. Yeah. 
when you have two positives, you can't bring them together. They push apart. Jesus Christ is positive. And when you think you got your act together and you're thinking so positive yourself, you're never going to get drawn to Jesus. It's just a repel. Nothing but a repel. Nothing but a repel. But what it takes is this. It takes a positive and a negative. And when there is a positive and a negative, you can't even keep them apart. Oh, but wait a minute here. You don't know who I am. You don't know where I've come from. You don't know my pedigree. You don't know what I've been doing. You don't know the sin in my life. You're just perfect. You're ripe to be drawn to Him. This is the perfect time. Oh, but I don't know if I can witness to that person because you don't know who they are. You don't know, Oh, I'm here to tell you, I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. If there's something that's broken inside and if there's something negative that's inside, I know a positive force. And if I can get them near that positive force, there's something that's going to happen that they don't even understand and they can't stop it from happening. When we get into intercessory prayer, it begins to draw. Amen. Amen. You're all right. Stay there. Now I have in my pocket. Does anybody know what that is? No, that's not a clock. I'm going to have to ask a kid. No, it's not a stopwatch. My goodness, I'm going to have to take him out in the woods and teach him a few things. No, it's not a timer. A compass! <laughs> Brother, you, you're, oh, I, he couldn't see it. Okay, he's off the hook. Okay. I have a compass here. I want you to think about this. Do you know how a compass operates? Do you know how a compass... They taught you that in school? Does anybody here know which way is north? Some adults here? Okay. I have some, I, my goodness, we've got people pointing three directions. I'm, I'm sure glad Brother Wyatt got me here tonight. <laughs> which way is north? Okay, how does a compass work? Do you know how a compass works? I'm really putting you on the spot. It works by itself. It works by itself. Sure it does. Yes. Just like you and I are supposed to work by ourselves. That's a good answer. Yes. Yes, yes. What you have on here is you have a little pin. See that, that little rod, that little pin there? And it's suspended. But that little rod is magnetic. Did you know that our whole world is, a magne is magnetic? It's called a north what? Pole. And a southern pole. And it's not exactly due north, but it's kind of north. This little pin on the that's suspended here is telling me, you want to point what direction is north? That's north. You know how I know it's north? Because there's a, there's a pull, a magnetic pull on the north pole that's pulling this magnet towards it. Because the stronger always affects the weaker. Have you ever walked into a restaurant after church? Somebody said amen every Sunday. <laughs> as often as I can. <laughs> But you want to know what happens? It has nothing to do with my wife and I, but it's happened to you too. You walk into a restaurant, every head 
I mean to tell you, the place can be filled. Every head will turn and look. They don't even know why they're turning and looking. They haven't a clue. I'll tell you why they're turning and looking, but you do need to understand it, and you need to grasp it, and you need to begin to believe it. The reason why they're turning and looking is because the, well, the stronger, it's not me. It's the Christ that's inside of me. It's the Christ that's inside of you. And something inside of them, they're, they're the weaker one. And there's something inside that's just drawing them. And they don't even know why they're looking. But they're turning. And they're saying, what is it about that person? I don't understand. But I'm here to tell you what it is. There's a power in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That wherever you go, it's causing people who are a little bit weaker to spin and to turn. And say, what is it? What is it? What is it? I don't understand. All right. We determine that's, that's north. You want to put your compass near this? What, where, where's north? Why is it saying it's that way? Let's try the other one. It's the other way. You know what the problem is? There's a stronger force than the North Pole nearby that will manipulate. But we don't want the stronger forces to manipulate. And, it, and they are manipulating our world right now. And the reason why is because we haven't woke up to understand who we are. You can be seated. Dear Jesus, help us to understand tonight. These hands shall lay upon the sick, and they shall recover. I feel the power in his house tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If I be lifted up, I will draw amen unto me. A force, a power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The whole United States right now's mind is set on terrorism. I'm on the East Coast. I'm flying from the center, dead center of the United States. And you can kind of sense and hear in the airplane. And it's what everybody's talking. We land. It's what people are talking about. Sent all the way over to the coast. Minneapolis has more Somalians than anywhere in the world except Somalia. Within our five-mile radius of our church, in the last 10 years, five mosques have opened up. We are the dead core. The last 
six, seven ISIS people escaping the country were all from Minneapolis. Every single one of them. I got a 28-year-old daughter, 29-year-old daughter. She's going to the University of Minnesota, paying for it massively out of her own pocket. What's one, one course? A couple grand. $2,300 to learn the Somali language while the Somalis go there free because our taxpayer dollars pay for them to go free. But my daughter is going to the University of Minnesota to learn Somali because somebody has to reach them. And a man can never talk to a female Muslim and especially the Somalis who still wear the hijab and all that and keep themselves covered. When they meet you on the street, they won't look you in the eye and you can't look them in the eye. If you looked at them in the eye, they'd curse you because that's the barrier between the genders. So my daughter realized the only way that anybody's ever going to reach a Somali woman is going to have to be a woman. And we're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid of terrorists. But I want you to understand, <clears throat> there was a terrorist who took Christians, and I understand it may come a time when our heads get cut. And we understand the reality of what's happening elsewhere in the world, it just doesn't happen here yet. But this terrorist was gathering people in to have them persecuted and executed. But that terrorist, and I want to back up and to tell you that what's happening right now is that more and more Muslims are getting the truth, not Christianity, because Christianity isn't the truth anymore. But what's happening is they are beheading these people. The witness and the testimony is so powerful. And we now have a brother that's in Canada who came out of that, who is now doing a ministry via the Internet right to the core in Saudi Arabia and in uh, Syria and Iran, and he is having fabulous revival amongst these people. Now let me back up again. Here's this one. He is, uh, he is on his way to gather these Christians for execution, and while he's on his way... To, to bring these Christians to execution, a bright light shines from heaven and he falls to the ground. Understand, he was nothing more than a terrorist. But what did he turn into being? He turned into being the one of the most powerful people in the book of Acts. Uh, praise God, his name was Saul. He was a known terrorist. And when he came around the church, they said, wait a minute, uh, I don't know about this guy because my dad's dead already. My uncle's been dead. He can't come here. Don't have anything to do with him. But I'm here to tell you that we cannot be afraid. We don't know the power of the next person that we witness to. And I want you to understand, I, they may have power to cut my head off, but I'm telling you, even if they do, I'm still living on for eternity. But I'm also here to tell you that we have nothing to fear because greater is he that is in me uh, than he that is in this world. And if there's ever a time and an hour for an apostolic church, uh, it's in this day, in this hour. Mm. Hallelujah. And so what does the New York Times say? 
God can't help it. Because a couple of people said, we need to pray for what has happened, that God will intervene. But our country has turned their back upon God. And now they will say in the front of the New York Times, God can't help us. Stop praying. Praying doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work. You took it out of the schools. You took it out of the homes. You took it out of everywhere. How can you expect it to work? And I would like to ask them, have you tried? I'm telling you, it's our hour. Don't you ever let for one moment. This is the moment. The Bible tells us when it gets dark, that's when the light begins to shine. It goes brighter and brighter and brighter until that day. But God's got to wake us up to understand who we are uh, and what we have. Uh, he's drawing people. Uh, there are hungry people that are out there in the midst of what's going on. is creating a hunger for something that's real. They're tired of people putting on a show. Uh, they're tired of all the other stuff. Uh, what they're looking for is not another personality, not another person to have a, a mega church uh, that everybody's drawn to them. They want the supernatural. Uh, and we've got it. Uh, we've got it. You've got it. Oh, yes. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. New Jersey, this is our hour. New Jersey, this is our hour. New Jersey Metro, this is our hour. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I apologize. I probably already longer than what I was going to go. You see, we talked about the drawing and the power, and even how the New Age movement has figured out that everybody has an electromagnetic field. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to use their energy, their energy, because they do have energy. Whether you're aware of it or not, you have energy. I'm not talking even about the Holy Ghost. You've got an electromagnetic field that machines can pick up up to 15 feet away. Every heartbeat is a completion of electrical circuit. And it generates mag electromagnetic waves throughout the blood vessels to the body, stimulating tissue at the cellular level. So powerful is the electricity. I want to, I want, and I don't have time to go into it. My wife is, could stand up here and teach it far better than I can. Every intra-inside cell, intra-cell activity, and every inter-cell activity is all done by electrical stimulation. We are, and then every organ in your body, like the heart, has its own. But they have found a way, under God's design, to all work together as a body. Do you know how we're going to do this? Not one lone church out there that's got some great personality because that's not what God's looking for. He would rather have a group of people in the, in the New Jersey metro area who each are part of a body, who all have a portion of energy. Each one's got their spot of energy collaborating and cooperating. And not, if this isn't my silo and it isn't your silo, and you wait a minute, you know what? Is there any reason why we can't link arms and can't we minister together That's instead right. of competing That's together? Right. I don't need to compete it. with you. That's I don't right. need to compete with you. I need to work with you. That's right. 
Praise God, this body's got to get it together. We've got to work. He's got an influence. I've got an influence. But what happens when our influences get together is that they become synergenic. Hallelujah. We can't compete. We've got to blend. We've got to work together. And so powerful is this electromagnetic activity that's within our body. And it emanates from our chest to the point that will reach out, as they say, that it can reach up to 15 feet. Now, I, I, I want to demonstrate what I'm talking about so that you understand and you get the picture tonight that your body and our bodies are masses of electromagnetic energy. But there's something different about what we have in our energy. Brother James Stewart, maybe some of the people here remember Elder Stewart, used to pastor in Columbus, Ohio. He's a great uncle, I think, to my brother-in-law, or grandfather, I can't remember which it was. But Brother Stewart was also a professor at the University of Ohio. He taught as well as pastored. While Brother Stewart was a working at the University of Ohio. Ohio, the University of Ohio and their science department were doing a study on the human magnetic field. So as often when you do scientific studies, they put out an advertisement looking for guinea pigs, you know, looking for subjects who will join with the, the study. And so Brother Stewart got this idea. They're doing a study on electromagnetic fields, and they're looking for volunteers. So he went to his church. He said, hey, the university's doing a study on an electromagnetic field of the human body. I think it would really be cool if I could get a bunch of you people to be part of that. So he recruited a number of people out of his church, and they went, and they signed up to be part of the study at the University of Ohio. Of course, the people there had no clue. They're just another subject. So the study was done, and it was complete. And the project manager who was over the study came to Elder and he said, Elder Stewart and said, Mr. Stewart, can I meet with you? Well, sure, sure, sure. You know, we've been doing the study on electromagnetic fields. And we had a whole list of all these subjects that came in. We completed our study, but we found that there were some anomalies. And we tried to find out, is there anything that can connect these anomalies? In other words... Everybody else had, a, had this level of radiation and, and they, they do it in color and all that kind of stuff. But he said there were some subjects that their electromagnetic field was completely different than everybody else. And we began to put it together that there was a common denominator between all those who was completely different and they were only the people from your church. And he said, do you have an explanation as to why the electromagnetic fields are you hearing this do you do you ha do you have an explanation as to why the energy that's coming out of the people at your church is different than every single other person in this and he said yes i do he said, because everyone that I sent to your study has the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you, you need to wake up to the advantage that you have in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So let's demonstrate 
young man in the, the tie, kind of a coral color shirt. Come on up. Your name? Edwin. Edwin? Okay, my name is Galen. Nice to meet you. Now, he has, emanating from him, an electromagnetic field. And so, what happens, you've got to remember and, and understand this, that when I enter within his electromagnetic field, even though I do not know it consciously, my electromagnetic field is communicating with his electromagnetic field because the two, just like the compass, they're communicating. This is a fact. Every 100 trillion cells of your body are affected by the person. That's the reason why you can be sitting in a room with your back turned and all of a sudden you know somebody's in the room and there's no door that you heard open, nothing happens, but you're aware that someone came in the room. Your electromagnetic fields. Matter of fact, what they've done is they took men and they completely covered these men to block their electromagnetic fields with garb and they sent them out into a flock of wild turkeys and they could walk right amongst them because the turkeys couldn't pick up the message. So then they sent them out into a herd of elk and they could walk amongst a herd of elk. I'm, what I, I want you to understand, I, I'm not trying to get way out there. What I'm trying to do is get your faith elevated. I'm talking about real stuff here. So when we meet... I've got the advantage. Soon as my, my electromagnetic field comes within his personal space, I have the advantage if he's an unbeliever. If he's proud and arrogant, he's going to be pushing back against my spirit. Have you ever had it? I was standing in the church service, praying at the altar with a lady, and I felt evil from behind me. I had my back turned. I didn't see anybody, but I felt evil. You know what I'm talking about. You know what it is? You can say it's a spirit. Sure, it's a spirit. But I want you to understand, it. the spirit's moving out, and this person came within. And what happened is I turned around, and here was a man who was mocking a woman that I was praying for in the altar. He was mocking her. I turned around, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuked that. That man fell face forward, boom, and hit the without even stopping. I mean, we're not, no arms out, nothing. And when I bent down, he was gone cold. He was gone cold. No response. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ. And he started speaking in tongues. Someone who came to an altar to mock. When he came to, he didn't have a clue what had happened to him. But it all started because he walked into the wrong electrical magnetic field. Just, he walked into the wrong Holy Ghost field. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm here to tell you, we have nothing to fear. We walk into our community. We need to walk into our community with our shoulders squared because we're walking in that community at the advantage of every single person that's in that town. We've got the advantage. Amen. I just want to demonstrate. A pair of kid shoes. Okay, they light up. Okay, not real expensive. And you want to hold them in tongues? And uh, hold them so that's fine. Just so they can see. And I have electro, uh, just a little electro stimulator here. 
click it, and it gives a little electrical shock. Okay? All we're doing is we're talking about little lights inside of a shoe. So you're with me? This isn't a huge science project. Okay. But when I take this, it lights it up because I gave an electrical shock to it. Okay? Now, air is not a very good conductor of electricity. But nonetheless, it still lights up because I'm close enough. Did you, did you see that? I didn't touch it, but they still lit up. Are you with me? Okay? So that was probably about two inches away. Uh, probably five, six inches away. Oh, this back one here is still lit up. At about eight inches away. Turn it this other way. Oh, it's hard, hard to see. So I get about 16, 18 inches away, and then no longer lights up. Okay? Now, would you like to touch the shoe? <laughs> Incidentally, let me tell you something. What did I say? I said, the stronger always affects the weaker. If your cells are weak, your electromagnetic field is lessened. Do you know what we say? Man, I don't have any energy. We don't even know what we're talking about. We don't. It's exactly correct. Our energy has been depleted. So an unhealthy, the more unhealthy a person is and the more unhealthy their cell, the weaker their electromagnetic field. So I trust this is a healthy guy. <laughs> so touch the shoe. Before I do that, um, do you want to hold these shoes for just a minute? I'll tell you what. No, let my wife continue holding. She's, she's doing a great job. You come up here. <coughs> And I want you to give me a shock. I just want him to know that this isn't going to, it's not like a taser, okay? I, I don't want to hold this. I don't want to blow the mic or nothing. So I'm going to have to hold, get, give this mic to somebody while you do that, okay? You hold that for me a second. It won't hurt at all, okay? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Amazing. Would you like a shock? Come on. You got the Holy Ghost, man. <laughs> Grab a hold of his hand. Now you step out here so you can watch that shoe. Don't, don't pay any attention to me. Look at the shoe. And I'm sure you can't. <laughs> look at the shoe now. You gotta look at the shoe. Oh, look at that. You know why they both lit up? Because my wife is holding this shoe. The electricity that I put into him went through him, through this shoe, into her hand, around, and lit up this shoe. I want you to get what's going on. I want you to understand what's going on. 
I want you to understand, when you enter into the sphere of someone else, something begins to happen. And I want to tell you something more powerful happens when you take a little bit further and you put a hand upon them and you say, hey, I'm praying for you. And I'll tell you what happens. Something happens and they don't even know what's going on. Amen. I want you to know they don't quite get it. But I want you to know you've got the advantage. You've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. Amen. So here we are. Had a lady in our church who passed away. And when she passed away, she was from up in northern Minnesota. And all of her family was up there. And we got a church up in northern Minnesota. I said, hey, we got to call the brother up there. I said, brother, I said, we had a sister down here who died and her family's up north. Anyway, we could borrow your church for a funeral. Oh, sure, brother, come on up. You can, you can, you can. Matter of fact, he said, what do you need help with? He said, our, our woman will make some food for you. Now, that's how it's supposed to be. We went up there with a van load of people, I'm going to say 15 people. And they maybe had 15 from their church. So there was maybe 30 of us. And the place was packed. At the end of the funeral, we only have a scattering of apostolics through the audience. It's all unbelievers, so to speak. And I felt the Holy Ghost say at the end of that, and I've never done it before at a funeral, I said, let's all join hands today. And let's pray at the end of this funeral. Because that woman who we were burying was an apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled woman. And we prayed. And when we prayed, the report was, brother, that electricity went through the whole church. There's a family in the church in Grand Rapids, Minnesota today just because they were at that funeral. Because they felt the power of God. Amen. 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 You want to touch him? Grab hold of him? We're going to have to do this a little quicker here. Otherwise, you're going to be here until tomorrow morning. You don't even have to be the person holding on to the person. <laughs> Are you getting the picture? You want to see the shoe? There you go. All right, you all can be seated but this brother. I didn't say let go of the shoe. <laughs> uh, I, I, what I want you to do is I want you to let go of the shoe. Let go of the shoe. And I want you to turn. Right there. You ready? Now, I'll come from this side so I'm not blocking anybody's view. And I want to just give you a shock. And now he's not touching the shoe. Six inches backwards. There you go. That's good. Now he's beyond what I can do. It's not lighting up. But it is. You know why? He has, I'm putting electricity in his hand that is going out of his body into his electrical field, enough electricity to light up lights in a tennis shoe that, that, you know how that tennis shoe works? In the sole, <clears throat> in the sole of the shoe, there's a little spring that when you step, the spring bounces and, and opens up to let the lights go on. We're not even touching the spring. We're making this light up. Are you? I, I, I'm asking you. 
Do you understand what you have? Are you ready? Here we go. Another six inches back. Another six inches. Six more inches. I trust he's healthy. We may have reached the end of the road for him. But are you getting the point? Do you understand? This is not a sophisticated machine. It's a, just a shocker. A little tiny shock. Did it hurt? No. You may be seated. So on your job, you walk in. You've got the advantage over everybody in that place. Absolutely everybody. In the name of Jesus Christ, don't let your life mar and scar and block what they have felt. You'll be learning more about it tomorrow. But when you're on your job and there's someone that you can see that's saddened and depressed and something's wrong, you need to understand it ain't you, but it's Jesus in you. And He said, These hands shall lay upon the sick and they shall recover. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes some of the sickness is not physical sickness. We live in a world that is broken and is sick. But I'm here to tell you all that it takes. If there's someone there that is hurting, if you can slip around and you can say, is it all right if I pray with you? I've hardly ever had anybody say no. Every now and then people say, no, 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 no prayer, no prayer, no prayer. But generally they say, oh, yeah, that's okay. I want you to understand, when you begin to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you reach out and touch, you can promise it. You can write it down in your book that something is being transmitted. It isn't me, but He told me He's given me authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And in the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, something is going to happen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's stand tonight. Let's all stand. Amen. In the name of Jesus, these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. Amen. It's you. It is I. These hands, these hands shall do it. And I want to just close with a couple of stories. There was a man at work. He was a Hmong. Because there's, again, state of Minnesota. It's kind of like out east. We're... We give out everything. We're very, very, very liberal. And matter of fact, we've just opened up our state to the Syrian refugees. Other states have said no, but Minnesota says bring them on. So we can look at that as negative or say more chance to reach another population group. But this Hmong man, I noticed his countenance was down. I was working with him, bivocational. And I was talking around and I found out and heard someone said, well, his, his daughter is in the hospital in very, very, very severe condition. So when he came back to work, I went over to him, began to talk to him. I said, Fatih, something wrong? And he said, yes. He said, my daughter was born with a hole in her heart. And he said, they kept her in the hospital and they did surgery on her. And after the surgery, they sent her home and they told us to watch her. He said, I got up in the middle of the night and she was gone. And we immediately called 911 and they came and they resuscitated her. But they're afraid that she's brain dead and they're not picking up any signals. And I, on my daughter, and we've got to make a decision to pull the plug. What are we going to do? 
And I looked at the man and I said to him, knowing that he worships, um, I'm trying to remember what his God is, Shama, as a God. And I said, Fati, my God's name is Jesus. And if you allow me to come and pray for your daughter in the name of my God, I believe my God can heal your daughter. It's a matriarchal culture. He said, I can't have you come unless my wife gives permission. I said, would you go home and ask her? He said, yes. He came back to work. When he came back to work, he said, we need to leave immediately. I said, well, I can't leave immediately. We've got to talk to the boss. He said, I already talked to the boss. He's given permission. He said, I want you to come and pray. So I called my wife, and I told my wife, I want you to join with me. And I also called my daughter because my daughter was born with a hole in her heart. But when we as a family gathered around our daughter and prayed for her, and she went back to the doctor, the hole was gone. <clears throat> so my daughter is now 25 years old. 20, at that time was 20, no, it would have been, she, she would have probably only been 23 or something at that time, I remember. And she went with us. And I began to, I went there, and my wife, because we're in an intensive care unit, and my wife had a cold, they wouldn't let her in. But they let my daughter and I go in. And I go and I talk to this man. And I tell him, this is my daughter, Natalie. She was born with a hole in her heart, just like your daughter was born with a hole in her heart. But when I prayed to my God, my God closed the hole in her heart. And he said, we have prayed and we've done all, of, and we've called all of the relatives and we've gotten the priests of Shama and nothing has happened. And I said, would you allow us to pray in the name of Jesus Christ? We went, my daughter and I laid hands upon that girl with all of the stuff with no response. And as soon as we called on the name of Jesus, all of the equipment started going off. Everything began to happen. Praise God. What am I saying? It has absolutely, I'm, I want to tell you, I want you to understand, it has nothing to do with me. Nothing, nothing, nothing. If you have the Holy Ghost, he said, these signs, the evidence of the inherent power is going to follow them that believe. Amen, amen, amen. I'm here to tell you it is time for you to turn your community and your city upside down. You can go into your city. We went into the city that we started north, and when we got in that city, just like I've heard, the first thing that happened is all the demons started coming out. The name of the city is called Princeton, Minnesota. Prince Town. And at one time, the mayor was a, a warlock. We're talking Prince Town. We go in there. All we want to do is get a storefront to hold the church. On Saturday, when downtown's closed at 6 p.m. But the downtown council rises up against us to keep us coming down because it's going to drive business away. And it's like, wait a minute, you're not even open for business. We got together, and what did we do? You know what? We got more power and more authority than the city council and the city planning commission. We got more power than that woman who owns that business that's five doors down who's making and going all over town trying to shut us down. In the name of Jesus, we come against that spirit. We come against the spirit that's coming against us. In the name of Jesus, we rebuked it. 
And what happened is that there was a woman in the audience who was an attorney, not a believer. We had no connection with her whatsoever. All of a sudden, something came over that woman, and she stood up, and she began to say, this is an absolute shame what is going on here before the city council, that we would have a people trying to open a church, come into here, and you won't even let them open a church when there isn't even business downtown. And she read them up one side and down another, and they took a vote, and they gave us the permission. And I'm here to tell you, I didn't even know who the woman was. She had nothing to do with us. But I'll tell you what happened is I believe it because we were out in the parking lot, and we had a prayer meeting that some spirit went and got a hold of an attorney who began to speak in our behalf. And I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. Is the woman who, who has ran the business, who tried to shut us down, within one year, she was out of business. We never rejoiced, but I'm here to tell you, you have the authority. You've got the authority. You do not have to be afraid. Praise God. You can do it. And you do not have to be intimidated. Oh, but wait a minute. I'm not an A1 type of personality. I'll talk about that tomorrow if you come. I'm here to tell you, if you knew who I was, you would never believe that I'm standing in front of you and talking tonight. I was the most shy, bashful, awkward kid as a, as a young person. But when I went to Bible school, they looked at me and thought he'll never amount to anything. And I'm here to tell you that I'm still doing something for God. It's not who I am. It has nothing to do with your personality. You can reach a soul because you've got the Holy Ghost advantage. Amen, amen. And tonight, if you do not have this Holy Ghost, if you do not have this Holy Ghost, you can have it tonight. I spoke the same message in the Philippines and the Holy Ghost came in an experience I've never seen before where there were spots where the Holy Ghost would fall that absolutely everybody who didn't have the Holy Ghost in that spot got it. Then all of a sudden, pow! Everybody in this whole section would just be doing drunken spirit leaping, going through, and everybody in that section got the Holy Ghost and didn't have the Holy Ghost. It has nothing to do with who I am. It's you understanding that He wants to get us. And you say, but wait a minute. I can't have this Holy Ghost power. I'm not holy. Do you? I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning. You know what it takes for Him to draw? A positive and a negative. Oh, there's Holy Ghost in the house. The altar is open tonight for anybody who wants to come for whatever cause or reason. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight, you need to reach out right where you are.